Well, hello and welcome to the Gritty Women Global Podcast, episode 118, What I Learned from Hospital Room 363. Hey, my name is Lynn Brown and I'm a results coach, but let me say that prior to this, I was literally trapped by the opinions of others. I mean, I was a world-class people pleaser. It was more like living in a mental prison. And then one day, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it was that day that I drew the line in the sand. Well, actually, it was more like I slammed my office door and and yelled, looking towards the ceiling, like like somehow God was right behind the stained ceiling tiles and the fluorescent light bulb. But seriously, that day, y'all, everything began to change that day because I changed the way that I was looking at things. I, I literally had that quote on my office wall by Wayne Dwyer, but I had never applied it to my life. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced anything like that, but I've been guilty in the past of, you know, talking the big talk, talking the talk and not walking the walk. And I still have areas of my life that, you know, I'm working on building, you know, building those muscles of consistency and discipline. It's just, it's all new to me. I'm going to be the first to tell you, though, now, my life is not perfect. In fact, if you're looking for the, like, the perfect people podcast, this is not it. So just keep scrolling down. I'm sure there's some out there somewhere. Haha, not really. But if you're anything like me and you're failing forward to success, then consider listening in. We keep it real here. We keep it short and we keep it real short. Welcome to the Gritty Women 15-minute global podcast. And so this is just like really fresh. This just happened. So I had to share it with you. Now, let me say this. Isn't it funny how we have our new year all planned out? Like, you know, when we flip the calendar over and it's January the 1st of, you know, the new year, 2022, and we think we've got it all figured out. And then out of nowhere, the curveball comes in at us. And that's exactly what happened. And we landed in the hospital. Mama was having some AFib issues putting it mildly (laughs) and now she has never been really sick so we're so blessed she has amazing health and so this you know this was just something new for all of us and so I just I just had to share share this experience with you And, and now let me say this too honestly before she went to the hospital that day we tried to get her to stay home and just rest. We knew that she wasn't really feeling all that well. But she would not have it. And she insisted on going to teach her Bible study. Shortly after that, she was in ambulance going to the hospital. But I just tell you that it just makes, it'll make sense to you at, at the end of this podcast. So we find ourselves in room 363. And the nurses and the doctors and the techs and the dietary and the housekeeping staff, whoever it was, everybody that came in, mama would 
encourage them, ask them how their day was, ask them about their families. And you could tell that they just love coming in her room. This was day in and day out, morning, afternoon, night shift, it didn't matter. I mean, everybody that came in to room 363 left feeling better than they did when they had walked in. And there was this one nurse. She was the night nurse. And it was very obvious that the floor that we were on was packed, overflowing. And the nurses were working long hours and extra shifts to make sure that all the patients were cared for. And Regina was no exception. In fact, after working two shifts one night, and she, she was about to leave, she saw that Mama needed something, and she came back before heading home to check on Mama. But it's so interesting as I was thinking back, honestly, Mama's time in the hospital was no different than her her daily routine. It's it's how she was raised. It's how we were raised. It's, it's how we grew up. In fact, Growing up, there was this little frame. I can still see it. <laughs> a little black wooden frame. And the the print, you know, was water-stained and faded. But the message certainly wasn't. And it said, turn your daily routines into celebration, celebrations of love. And Mama was just living that out in, in room 363. I mean, she was in the middle of a mess. She was she was in a mess. <laughs> when your heart is beating out of rhythm, that is not a good thing. Regina came in that following night to tell Mama that she'd be off for the next three days. Mama said, "Well, hold on just a second. I, I need to I need to tell you something." So she grabbed a pen and, and a little journal that was next to her Bible and she began to write. And Regina just stood there and she waited, you know, patiently, but. I'll never forget the look on her face along with the tears that were rolling down her cheeks when she realized that the note that Mama was writing was not a list of ways that she could have improved. You see, she thought that Mama was writing like a evaluation of her performance and she was already bracing herself for that. When Mama gave her that gratitude journal and, and she challenged her to begin creating this new habit. We prayed with Regina that night, and later on that night, there was a tap at the door, and she had gone and found two flowers to add to Mama's flower vase. She quietly placed them with the flowers that we had picked from Mama's garden. She said, Miss Andrews, promise me when I get back that you'll be going home, and promise me that you'll take good care of yourself. Well, we did make a return trip back to the hospital, but unfortunately, we were placed on a different floor, so we didn't get to see Regina again. But the nurses and the techs and the transport drivers, the dietitians, the housekeepers, the doctors would come and go. And Mama would greet them and encourage them and thank them and ask them about their families right in the middle of her mess. And honestly, the second week was more of a mess than the first week. <laughs> so her doctor says. And it made me think about another time that we were in the hospital. And I'm not just like, oh, I don't just focus on, on sickness and being in the hospital. But but it, we, we talked about this actually while we were there. And 
it was just too funny. But it was when my daddy was actually heading to be with Jesus. I mean, he was days away from going to heaven. And as he always did, he also made the room brighter because he was there, not because he left. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. We have the reputation of getting a little tickled in our family. And maybe not just tickled at the most appropriate times, like uh, in church, you know what I'm talking about? Funerals are big for us. We can get tickled at a funeral. Now, who does that? Weddings. Anytime you're supposed to be serious, we can get tickled. I mean, I'm talking about to the point of wetting our pants tickled. And in fact, there's there's a, a lady in town that we cannot even sit near her if we're in a church or a funeral or a wedding or whatever because we'll get tickled. And I'm going to spare you all the details, but I'm just telling you, when I say wet pants, I'm talking about change of clothes, wet pants, that kind of thing. But so daddy, that day, daddy was singing this silly song that he used to sing to us when we were little, and we were so tickled. And, and daddy knew that we were tickled. He could hear us. And so the louder he sang, the louder we laughed, the louder he sang until we couldn't even breathe. You know, that kind of laugh that just, <laughs> you have tears rolling down your cheeks, your nose is running. I mean, you can't even breathe like you're. You're uh, you're wheezing like Mutley the dog off of um, what is it? Not Roadrunner. I can't think of the name of the cartoon, but it's it's like a wheezing laugh. Well, my aunt was so disgusting, and we this one is the quote we'll never forget. Y'all don't even know how to be sick, and of course we all mumbled to ourselves. Thank goodness we don't, but we just. We couldn't help but think, you know, again, about about that little frame. Turn your daily routines into celebrations of love. And, you know, that's what Daddy was doing that day for us, right in the middle of a mess. So I don't, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you've just gone through or what you're heading into. But having a grateful heart in the middle of the mess is a guaranteed strategy for getting through whatever mess you find yourself in. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're worried about your children. Maybe, you know, you just wrecked your car. I don't know. I don't know what your thing is. But one of my mentors who has impacted my life in so many ways always says, harvest the good. There's always good. So instead of looking back and trying to fill in the gaps and trying to rewrite the story, Dig for the gold. There's gold there. Dig for the good. You will find it. Because you find what you're looking for. You find what you look for. So I want to challenge you to to lean on his promises. You know I'm a person of faith. And, And there are just verses that I have memorized that... When I find myself in a situation where maybe I'm feeling anxious or I can, you know, you you know that feeling like you start to worry about something or someone or a situation or how will this happen or how will we, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is. But if you will just memorize, you know, or just I'm sure you already have some memorized, but your favorite verses and just say them to yourselves, put a little sticky note on your fridge. I don't know what you have to do, but this is a great way for you to practice self-care. (laughs) 
And I just want to encourage you to, to stand firm on this. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, just like Regina told Mama. Carve out some quiet time. Create a new habit. And yes, I want to challenge you to create a daily habit of writing gratitude. And again, so many people tell me, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm such a grateful person. And oh, yeah, I've done that before. I've, I know of people that do that. Well, I want you to do it. I'm challenging you because I'm telling you it's a game changer. You will be amazed at how it fuels, you know, your joy. This is my seventh year. That just blows my mind. <laughs> and it blows my mind because it's my, yes, it's my seventh year of writing gratitude. But y'all, I've never even had a healthy habit, honestly, much <laughs> prior to that. I mean, I didn't. I didn't make my bed up. I didn't, I didn't exercise every day. I didn't do my quiet time every day. And these are all things that I do now daily because seven years ago, one of my mentors challenged me in a very dark time in my life to begin to write daily gratitude. And and I was so desperate that day. I guess that was the reason I did it because I was like, what else can I do? So that was truly one of the first habits as, a, as an adult that I really created and stuck to. And of course, I just have to, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say bragging on myself, but y'all have made my bed up 761 days in a row. Now, to some of you, you're like, really, Lynn, you didn't make your bed up? I'm like, no, I didn't. I honestly didn't. But because of discipline and consistency, that is something I'm very proud of. So I can't wait to hit a thousand days. I mean, I just, I'm going to have to have a party or something. So here's your challenge. I want you to start today. I don't want you to wait until tomorrow. I don't want you to say, oh, I've got to order, you know, a, a perfect, the perfect journal or, you know, go find one, go shop in two or three weeks to find one. No, 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 no. Just grab a journal or a notebook, something you already have at your house. If you want to go pick one up, you know, from the dollar store, go pick one up. But I want you to write 25 things. I know it sounds like a lot, but y'all, when you get started, it's not a lot. I double dog dare you to do this. It's transformational. It will renew your mind. It will transform how you look at things. Just like Romans 12, 2 says. So you got to, you just, sometimes you got to do what you can with what you have where you are. And this is a simple next step that anybody can do. And I promise you this, it will annihilate shame and guilt and refuel, restore your joy. Regardless of your circumstances, make wherever you are brighter because you were there and always watch for the miracle in the middle of the mess. Until next week, stay gritty, stay grateful, and never stop growing. I'll see y'all soon. Bye-bye.